Let's do this. Let's talk about football. Let's do that today. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of ZK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. I want a wide receiver. That's what I want out of the upcoming NFL draft. I'm getting closer and closer and closer to being certain of that, although I'm not quite there. And I'll bet that the Steelers' management team isn't in a very different spot at the moment. Yes, they've done all their due diligence on all of the quarterbacks, even the ones that don't have a prayer of being selected anywhere in the first round because it's vitally necessary to check off every box and to make really, really sure that, as I've been saying, you don't get Dak Prescotted by anybody and have yourself regrets for a long, long time over having bypassed one when you could have had him right there at the number 20 spot. That's fine. That's all well and good. That's the proper course to take. However, it does not mean I will continue to insist that this football team is out to get a quarterback. And I offer this respectfully, even in the wake of the Dwayne Haskins tragedy. My belief is that the Steelers all along were going to select a quarterback, make a move even toward a quarterback if they held a firm belief that that quarterback had a real chance to become the next franchise QB. I'm not seeing it. Maybe they do. Maybe it is Malik Willis after he gets some polish to his game. I don't know. But unless the Steelers themselves feel that way, I've got no use for investing that pick into that position. On the other hand, have you noticed that as Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin have gone through all of their various starter positions on the depth chart by adding free agent after free agent after free agent, that other than a minor addition, I think so anyway, in Gunnar Olszewski and basically taking the place of Ray Ray McLeod, they have not addressed the wide receiver room like at all. To me, that's pretty conspicuous. Yeah, they've got Deontay Johnson, although Deontay finished the 2021 season a little bit on the downside. He was a very, very good player for the better part of that season. But is he a number one? Yes, statistically, okay? I've seen the arguments both pro and con there, but yes, statistically, he is. Is he a game-breaker? Maybe we don't know that because of all the various limitations on the offense last year, but I haven't seen it, you know? I haven't seen number one game-breaking impact guy stuff from Deontay. Chase Claypool, what is he? He still doesn't know 
We're all still finding out. We've seen what he can do. We've seen what he's capable of. We've seen great plays, outrageous plays. Remember a couple of the catches in Minneapolis. But then also remember in Minneapolis signaling for first down and all the times that he went up for the ball and didn't really go up for the ball, didn't really fight for it, fell down a lot. It's it's tough to project him based on performance as an impact wide receiver right now. He certainly can be that, but that's not proven, not fully. And... Beyond those two? Yeah? Hello? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. This feels like a setup. I hope it's a setup. I hope that the Steelers, who are not one of those outfits that goes out of its way to hide their footsteps or uh, throw people off the trail, you certainly don't need to be doing that sort of thing at the number 20 spot. And I don't think they are. But, but, it might look that way to the outside because of all the visual evidence that we've had of how closely they're looking at all the various quarterbacks. There are good wide receivers to be had in this class, and I'm not saying anything right now that I couldn't say in any other year. That's where the athletes have moved in football. It used to be about running backs a long time ago. It's now about wide receivers. You can find as many as 10, 11, 12 players who can just walk right onto your field in training camp and become guys who make a difference. This year's class has a couple of guys from Ohio State, Garen Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams out of Alabama, Drake London out of USC. And then there's my guy, mostly because he's the one I've seen the most, Jahan Dotson of Penn State, who I'd love, I'd love to see this player suiting up in black and gold. I'd love to see him or really uh, any of these guys come in and raise the bar for the current group, which by the way, hasn't happened over these past couple of pandemic years. If you think about it, along with Deontay and Chase, you had Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm going to forever be convinced wasn't performing at 100% here, even when he was listed as such because of those regular drainings of the knee that nobody seemed to want to talk about, including him. But because there wasn't, that clear number one, that game breaker, whatever terminology or criteria you choose to apply to it, he wasn't there. 
And as such, you don't have that vital dynamic that you need with your wide receivers to compete with each other for the quarterback's affection. You know what I'm saying when I say that, right? They have to develop the quarterback's trust. They have to run routes that they believe are going to be worthwhile because their best friend back there in the backfield is going to see them, is going to follow them, even when they're not the primary target. And you tell me who was pushing Deontay, who was pushing Chase. They were all at about kind of the same level, by year's end anyway. Repeating this, Deontay was better for most of the season than he was at the very end. But by year's end, there was really no daylight between the three. And that is not a healthy situation. You want your receivers scrapping. Not outwardly, not, you know, in some unhealthy way, but on the practice field. I love the idea of bringing a wide receiver into this group with the first round. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. That's brought to you always on this program by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar, which was completely packed and overflowing yesterday out onto Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park, of course, with the Pirates home opener, close to a sellout crowd there. And you could just see that between Mike's and the companion venture right next door, North Shore Tavern, it was like a takeover of that corner of the North Shore. Really fun to see, especially after everything that all eateries and restaurants have had to go through over the past couple of years. There's another game over there today, and if you happen to be headed onto the North Shore, I'll actually be over there myself covering the game. Make sure you check out the fully open patio and beer tubs that are out on Federal Street, the full pint brewing that'll be joining the regular Mike's crew right outside, offering free samples and other activities. Mike's Beer Bar, right there on Federal Street across from PNC Park. Check them out. The J1Q comes from Brad, who asks, as sad as it is, does the tragic loss of Dwayne Haskins change the Steelers quarterback draft mentality at all? Specific to the draft, which is what you're asking, I don't believe that it will just as much. I really don't. And if you look at the situation as it existed before what happened over the weekend in South Florida, you'll see that Mitch Trubisky was lining up to be the starter. Mason Rudolph was lining up to be either the backup or to be traded, at which point Dwayne Haskins would have been, could have been the backup, also could have competed, as I've mentioned multiple times this week, for the starting job. There's no way you anoint Trubisky. He was just a backup. 
for a full season. and He lost his previous starting job. This was not some, you know, Ben situation where you could just come in and have a lousy camp or a non-existent camp and still have the job. Trubisky was going to have to perform. He might not have needed to outperform either Rudolph or Haskins, but he needed to perform. That's not exactly some done deal. But through all of that, especially if you're among those who believe that the quarterback the Steelers prefer would be Malik Willis, nothing about the current group was going to influence that pick. Because there's no one anywhere who believes that Willis was going to be able to just walk in from Liberty and take his first snaps and work magic and read NFL defenses and everything else. It just wasn't going to happen. It's not going to happen wherever it is that he ends up. And if anyone needs a reminder as to why, all they need to do is to look back at how Washington mishandled Haskins right after taking him 15th overall in the draft. So no, however it was that the Steelers felt about this class of quarterbacks would in all likelihood be completely unaffected by the events of the past week and influenced and altered only by whatever new information they'd come up with along the way between now and the draft. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And I also have to make a special mention here that I appreciate the heavy feedback that's come in this direction uh, over the episodes that we've had this week, uh, recognizing and appreciating Haskins and the outpouring of emotion that's come from all directions. I'll say it again. We will keep talking about him. We're also going to talk about football at every opportunity because that's kind of what we do here, meaning you and me. We'll do it again tomorrow.